March 26th is National Epilepsy Awareness Day. And I'm not going to pretend that I knew that in prior years. Uh, I do have people in my life that have dealt with epilepsy. um, But I've never really educated myself to any extent on the disease and what it's doing to people. Um, This episode gave me an opportunity to sit down with Kanitra who is uh, one of my former players and someone I consider a a really good friend. And she has been dealing with epilepsy. Uh, Even though she's only been diagnosed for the past couple of years, she's really been dealing with it for the majority of her life. And we sat down and we talked about uh, her struggle with the disease and how uh, depression and anxiety plays a role how she copes um, her crusade to raise awareness of epilepsy and also touched on her blog which is very important and special to her Um, and March 26th I want to say it again epilepsy awareness wear purple support those who you know support support those who you don't know uh, you know, some people are out there suffering in silence, uh, as, as you can see, kind of as a theme for pretty much every episode thus far, you know, a lot of people out there suffering in silence, which is part of the reason why I'm doing this in the first place. Let as many people know as possible that you are not alone. But tap in and uh, take a listen to Kanitra as she lets us know how friends do not allow friends to battle epilepsy alone. So I'm going to do this from a complete point of ignorance. There's not much I know about epilepsy except for like the seizure (laughs) part, right? And I haven't read anything, but based on just my research of you, I do know that one of the side effects is chronic lateness. <laughs> uh, not lateness. Uh, forgetfulness. Thing? That's a rough uh, Mother, father. Yep, mom, father, sisters, nephew, niece. I have three sisters. Wait, where are you at nephews. in that line? Um, I'm the third. I'm the middle child. I'm the problem child is what they call me. Okay. All right. <laughs> So middle child syndrome is real. So getting right to it, are you the only one of your siblings that have epilepsy? I am the only one, yes. And so funny to me, I know you since you were a teenager, you were a freshman in high school, I believe, when I met you. And Mm -hmm. I didn't know you had epilepsy until you were a grown person. So when when did you find out you had epilepsy? I didn't know I had epilepsy until I was an adult. Um I've had seizures when I was um when I was first born I had one um that nearly killed me and then I didn't I had like smaller ones um from my childhood that I I don't remember um but in order to be diagnosed with epilepsy you have to have three or more grandma seizures um so when I was 27 I was having grandma seizures every day for about a week 
every day. At it every day. So what is a grandma seizure? That's the full-blown seizing, um, forgetting, like the full-blown seizure that everybody sees like in movies. That's um, what a grandma, that's what a grandma seizure is. If you're a male, you still have a grandma seizure? Yeah. Even if you're a male, you can still have them. They're called grandma seizures because they're like they're like the full effect, like the full okay. uh, seizing at the mouth, the uh, eyes rolling in the back of your head, the body shake, the, the loose of your bowel movement, so you can urinate on yourself and also uh, poop on yourself. Um, the full the full works. And you have to have three or more of those in what time frame? Um, within like consecutive so you can have I can have one like today tomorrow and the next day or within the same day it depends on how your seizures Just go like but three or more mm -hmm. and that didn't happen to you to your old 27 well 26 ish I would say I started to um no not even 20, like 23 I started to like start to get them more often but they weren't like consecutive it'd be like oh i'm stressed out so i have one and then like oh i'm stressed out again so i'll have one so 23 they started to they started to like surface more as an adult like during like the most stressful part of my life but i didn't think nothing of it i'm like i'm known for having seizures and they were like oh it's just stress related you're fine but 27 is when it really took a turn for the worse so prior to that did you have like any ink uh, inclination or anything that you might have ep epilepsy or you were like being told something no different? no they just thought it was just like seizures due to stress like they didn't think to think about a of it being epilepsy i've read on it i'm like i think i might have epilepsy and you're like no you haven't you know had enough seizures to be diagnosed with that and yours are pretty pretty faint like they're not as bad so they're like no you don't you don't have it and I was like okay well whatever I'm just stressed out they're like just stop stressing but I have like really bad anxiety and depression so they're like well we need to put you on something for that to keep that calm so they thought my anxiety and my depression was the cause of me having seizures so you have you're having these up until you you know since you were a baby basically up until you're 26 mm -hmm. and you later on in life start reading you think you have epilepsy but no epilepsy but nobody's saying or giving you that uh that label you just correct oh. but it's still scary i mean you having seizures at, at any point so um how do you treat how are you being treated or is it just it happens and it goes away or there's no treatment for it or what before there's you, no before yeah you there's no there's no treatment um some people can have epilepsy and they can be on medication and they, they'll never have another seizure again um there's some people who are on medication like myself and still have them um so medication isn't always the cure um some people it, it it goes away but it's not like gone forever like once people figure out what their triggers are um then they put medication in for for you to uh, maintain that with your triggers. But with me, I have so many different triggers and half the time we don't know why I have them that it's hard to, to diagnose me and put me on medication because one medication could cover this trigger but not the other ones and I can still have it, so. Yeah, that was my next question was, do you have certain triggers? But so 
you know, you said you have so many different triggers. Um, what are some of the things that you avoid, just completely avoid? I am. Um, um, nothing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I like sometimes lights, like flashing lights, can can like trigger it. But I I go out and I go. To, I'm not gonna stop going to concerts because they have flashing lights. A lot of concerts now are more cautious of people who have epilepsy, so they try not to have so many flashing lights so like when you go to like the big concerts of course they're going to have all the flashing lights and they warn you like you know if you have that will be flashing lights um some movies even with their like like i just seen the, seen the batman movie and I, right. I i was about to walk out because the the lights just every time for some reason when they zoomed into a car the lights were so bright it was like triggering me and i'm like this movie didn't have a warning, but it needs to have a warning because it. I, we almost left the movie theater because I I couldn't take it. Um, and then, uh, you know, stress and um, my asthma can sometimes cause um my epilepsy. The weather changing can cause it. My weight um is a big trigger in my epilepsy. I recently started working out. So I think that's why my my current seizures have been happening because I've been in the gym working out. So my body is is in shock. Like, okay, you're really trying to like <laughs> do something with me. So uh, I think that's why I've had my most recent ones. But there's so so many other triggers. Um, and they're not all just big grandma seizures when I have them. I do have like the smaller ones, like the day spells and the body shakes and things like that. But that's a whole nother, <laughs> it's a whole nother thing. So when you like in, when you're in the movie theaters and you say stuff starts to trigger you, like what are what does that feel like? What are some things that are happening that make you think, oh my god, I'm being triggered? So I I will get um, dizzy. Hmm. I will get like an instant headache, like right in here, and it just won't go away. Like I'm blessed to to be known. Like I'm blessed to know when my epilepsy is about to happen. Like when I'm about to have a seizure because I know my body changes. Some people who have epilepsy, their body doesn't give them a warning. Um, they're blessed for the most part now of having a warning. Like I know like when I get dizzy and my hands get really like sweaty and I just start to like be in a daze, like I know I'm about to have one. What do you do? Um, I, I get on the floor. So I try to make sure there's nothing that can harm me. Most part, I've always had my seizures by at the hospital. So it makes sense. I right next to me and I'm going to have, and then someone will know like, Hey, I'll just, okay. And now I'll let them know if I feel like I need to go to the hospital. Cause you don't need to, if you always have one, it, it all depends on the, the type of seizure if you need to go to the hospital or not for me at least is it painful um no i don't feel any pain i think the only time that it's painful is when i have like my little spasm one that i recently started to have which like my whole left side will feel like i'm having like a heart attack it's just mm -hmm. like like my arm will go numb it'll be like a sharp pain and then my body will just start to like shake the, those are the painful ones um i get those at least twice a day now and it's ridiculous i've I had one at church i was like oh 
okay, Lord, like, what you doing? Like, not up in here, we not for no, but because the pain is still throbbing hours and it's like, I can't really like move my arm that much until like it's, it stopped hurting. You said most times you are alone when you're experiencing these seizures. Um, so when has, when has there ever been a time where you had a real public one and it was just. Um, I would say on the bus, I was on the city before I had a car. Um, I was say 23. I was on the bus and I felt really dizzy. I was like, maybe it's just motion sickness or whatever the case was. But as I was like getting up to get off on my stop, I had one on the city bus. As you were getting up. Wow. So what happens when you, when, what, what happened? Who helped you? Or, I mean, was it just random people just looking at you crazy or what? <laughs> what happened in the moment but I know when I got up I was like I like peed myself and the bus driver was um trained I guess she knew like what to do and whatnot so she asked me she's like do you need me to call you know the ambulance and I'm like no I'm no and then she asked me like what today's date was where was I like my name um and like simple questions that I would know the answers to um and then she's like okay I think you're fine and she's like well how far do you live from the bus stop and I was like I just live up the hill and around the corner so she had someone on the bus walk me to my house and the bus just waited until I got so that person came back and then they left oh that was kind yeah what uh what you remember what bus you were on I was on the 17 (laughs) yeah see I, I, I see this is Minneapolis. If you're not from Minneapolis, you don't know know a whole lot about this. But uh, you do acting up like that on a bus. I'm like, oh, she on that stuff. <laughs> work outfit, my work uniform on. They that bus driver knew me. She knew okay. she knew I was coming from work. It's the same bus driver that I would have all the time. So she knew I was just getting off of work. She knew I wasn't you know on drugs or anything. Because people think that you're on drugs. I was gonna say, yeah, <laughs> you on a city bus doing that? Yeah, you on that stuff. <laughs> So I would have said, so when you were younger and uh, I'm going to call it playing basketball for, for me, <laughs> I believed in you. I, I still, I still remember that. I bet that, I bet that money on you. Um, but anyway, I digress on that. You were very, very small. Uh-huh. You know? And over the years you were, you have not, you know, stayed small. So I'm wondering, uh, when did you find out or when did you start recognizing that putting on extra weight was a, a problem for you? Um, I would say, I could think, 20, literally 27. I was super skinny and petite until 27. And I started to have my seizures and I was on that medication. My medication is the reason um, why I'm big as a house. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, yeah, 27 is when I, I started to blow up. And for a while, I just was just very insecure about it. But I was like, it's it's literally nothing I can do. It's life or death. Either worry about my weight right now and care about what other people are thinking or worry about my, my health and my life right now, which which is more important. I'm not going to lie. I'm, it's made me super self-conscious. Like when you get on Facebook and it shows you pictures of the year before and you're like, dang. I gained 200 and some pounds in a year. Just off the medication? Just off of the medication. That's tough. That's a tough decision to make. My hair fell out. People really? were going there like, what? Yeah. 
Um, people were like, why are you cutting? Like, I cut my hair all bald. Like, I had a shaved head, not like Michael Jordan bald, but I had like a, a, like a low cut. Mm-hmm. And people were just like, why are you cutting your hair? And I just kept, I got tired of telling people like, my medication is making my hair fall out. Like, when people ask me, why did I get so big? I'm like, I got tired of telling people like, my medication is making me big. I just, I just, I just stopped answering and just didn't care. Cause I'm like, I'm tired of explaining myself to people like, I'm sick and this is what this is what happened. Like I wish that it would have made me smaller, but that's not the case. So you still have to take these meds. Yeah. <laughs> Do I take them? Not not like I should, no. I did before, but the ones that they have me on now, um, I don't because they're also for people with uh schizophrenia. Mm. <laughs> and they sometimes work more for like my depression and my anxiety more than they do for the epilepsy, but they sometimes make me have suicidal thoughts. I don't act on them and I know it's not me. I know it's the medication. So I stopped taking it. And so now I uh, smoke weed. <laughs> does that help? It does. Um, it's not like a, like a joint or anything. Like I have the pen and I just like every day I'll take like a puffer or the pen and and the, it's fine i mean it doesn't like cure it especially when i know that like i'm stressing and i'm like i could feel myself getting worked up to the point that i could potentially have a seizure just pull out the pen take a puff and then just be cool so stress is as like you said is also one of your triggers mm-hmm. but you are diagnosed anxiety and depression yeah how old were you when you diagnosed with those things i was 23 when i was that i'm actually bipolar <laughs> and you're bipolar uh, yeah i am bipolar I get i'm that. creating a list over here you got asthma anxiety depression bipolar <laughs> epilepsy yeah i you- i was diagnosed bipolar uh last year really mm-hmm. so i know what that is so uh you have these manic episodes is what you're saying yeah my manic episodes are really weird though. Like I'll get into a, a mood where I am. Um, what is my dog doing? Um, where I get into a mood where I'm like super sad and mm-hmm. I don't know why. Like I just hate everything and everybody and I just want to be locked up in my room and cry. Those are my manic episodes and I'll snap off on people real fast like I'll cut somebody out and not feel bad about it like so I'll lash out or I'll be really sad those are those are my my episodes which I'm grateful for because I've seen some manic people and I'm just like I'm I'm happy I don't do that but yeah yeah, so if I'm like ever just super sad and I don't know why that that's one of my that's one of my uh episodes wow man there's a lot of here I wasn't ready for um yeah you got diagnosed last year with bipolar yep they asked me they did a whole little thing they're like is anybody in your family bipolar and i was like i think my mom is and then i had to ask her i'm like are you bipolar and she's like yeah i was like great no i knew she's crazy but (laughs) (laughs) are you like 30 what are you like 32 33 right now no i'm 33 going on 34 right so and you just now finding out your mom's bipolar yeah my, well my mom is very my mom is like me I think I get it from her because I didn't tell 
anxiety for a while about my health either until it was too late. Like my parents did not know that I was going to the hospital every single day until I finally told them like, I don't think I can live on my own anymore. And my dad was like, why? And I was like, because I am literally having a seizure every day. And so they didn't believe me. They thought it was just one of my little cries for help that, that I guess I, I did. Because don't, I, guess, don't guess, you went through that phase. <laughs> I, I was there for that. So don't one guess. My little, my little yeah. cries for help. Cries uh-huh. for help. So they, until my dad literally went to the hospital with me and they were like, yeah, we need to check her in today and I was like no I have a quiz at school I can't go today so yeah that's when they they believe they finally believe me like all right this is not a cry for help but something seriously is wrong with my daughter so they saw you have a seizure they didn't see me no I was still living by myself at that time Mm -hmm. um but I had one at work that almost took me out like I almost died and that was the one that that but they were like, all right, we need to see you. But I also went to three different doctors before I went to that one. So it mm-hmm. took three different doctors to tell me like, oh, no, no one's ever. Like, they thought I was kidding. Like, they thought I was just joking. I thought I just wanted to be in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And then this doctor was like, no, something is really wrong with you. And then I stayed in the hospital for about a week. And then I had like three seizures while I was in the hospital. And they were like, yep, you're epileptic. Oh, so right around the time you moved in back in with your parents is when you found. I wasn't out. even moved in back in. I moved back in with them after the fact because I couldn't. I could not work for six months because they wanted to make sure that my mental was straight, um, the medicine worked. So they literally told me I could not work, and I was like, "Well, I don't know. I'm gonna pay my bills if I don't work." So I had to move back home with my parents. And they didn't want me by myself anymore because I was hiding my seizures at home by myself. Why Why were you hiding this part of yourself? Um, At the time, it was just like, my mom, we've just found out that my mom was sick. And I was just like, I didn't want people to feel like I'm in competition with my mother as far as like her being sick and me being sick. So I, and I just thought I could handle it. I thought I'm like, and I'm, a, I'm an adult um mm. this is my this is my problem so I need to figure it out myself it's not till I got to the point where I can't I cannot do this any longer on my own I need help yeah and then you and you move back in and mm-hmm. and that's where you are right now yep been stuck with them ever since <laughs> <laughs> uh, like driving and you know and stuff like that to be able to drive I know people who have a plus I kind of know when my my seizures happen um I can still drive but when I do have a seizure I can't drive I'm not supposed to for 48 to 72 hours after um a seizure Hmm. so did you when you found out that okay I'm diagnosed I'm epileptic did you like start seeing epilepsy everywhere and like start no. building a community or how does it work with people no i i searched like long and high for people people to like connect with in like a community like a facebook group or a friend to have um who who's been through this because i even now like i'm still learning new things about it as being an advocate for it but it's hard because it's like when i'm having those moments and those days and those those episodes it's hard to like go to my family or go to my friends and talk about it because they don't understand where I'm coming from they don't get it so 
and that's another reason why I kept it to myself because I'm like, they don't understand what I'm going through. So like, they can't help me. Like when I vent to them about like having an episode, they're just looking at me like, okay, like, what do you want me to do about it? Mm -hmm. But now that I've like started speaking up about this since last year and just spreading the awareness, I've met some people who have it or they have family or friends have brought their family members over to me who have who has it and deal with it so it's easier because I now have at least three people that I can talk to about this when I'm having one of my episodes and then to know that I'm not alone is is amazing like it's very helpful like when I'm having my episodes I could go to one of these people and just talk to them about it and they understand where I'm coming from because they've been there before and, and they're going through it as well mm. so it's important to if you find out you have epilepsy to build a community around you of people yes. so you don't have to isolate yourself yeah and for any you. for any disease or any mm -hmm. illness or whatever it's it's important to find people who who have that with you so that you can talk to them about it because i could talk to my mom and dad about it all so i'm blue in the face but they're, they're not going to understand what i'm going through mm -hmm. they're not going to understand like what and you can bounce like remedies off of each other and things like ideas and things like stress relievers and stuff like that off of each other with other people who go through it. So it, it's important if you find out that you have like an illness or whatever to find a small community that has it to go through with you because I didn't even until I um, had it uh, more so more so common in like like people you can go your whole life without having epilepsy and then one day you can just turn around and have, like I just had a friend who's never had a seizure there but she's 29 now and she's been having them consistent so now that she's diagnosed and she comes to me and asks me for her help and ideas and questions and stuff like that anybody else so when her when she was having like her first seizure her her wife hit me up like I know you have epilepsy do you think my wife is epileptic and this is what's happening and I told them they like sent her home from the hospital I'm like no you need to go back you need to go back and you need to keep going back until they they actually see you because people don't take this they don't, like a lot of the emergency rooms just brush off epilepsy i went to five different emergency rooms before they even told me to go see a neurologist so i'm like when you have it's important especially with people of color like they like to write us off and think that we're just like crazy and we're lying but no it's it something is seriously wrong with me and we're gonna keep we need to stay here and figure it out you said that uh, you said you had a friend that you, you said you can go your whole life and then just start having seizures. So is there like no underlying cause to epilepsy? No. So like it can just be something like in your body. So basically what epilepsy is, is like basically having like a shortage in your brain. Like, you know, like with a car, like when it, one of the fuses is bad, then the car starts to slowly like, yeah. you know, start like, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's basically what epilepsy is is like there's a fuse that was working but now all of a sudden it's just something's wrong with it it's just not the shortage in it but once it's, it's short it, you can't fix it you can't get like a you can't tune it up and wrap it up with a band-aid or fix it and put it back together one step fuse is broken it's broken mm -hmm. so you're you're saying you're born with it you could yeah you can be born with it and then your body can go like a long time without it and then one day there can be something that triggers it like depression or flashing lights and then once that light bulb turns on and that screw starts working it's it's, it's a done deal 
you, you, said, you have it. <laughs> you said you can be born with it. Is there, are you telling me mm-hmm. some people, some people yeah. cannot, are not born with it? Some people are not born with it. Some people oh. can just develop it too as well. So I unfortunately uh, was born with it because my dad's sister has a history of seizures. She's not epileptic, but she has a history of seizures. So it can be hereditary, but oftentimes you can it can just happen. You can have like a concussion or a stroke and something, and then you start to have those. Like all that can can happen, and, and you can start to be epileptic. Did you start to educate yourself after you got diagnosed? I did. I did, because I feel like I needed to know everything about me. Um, I wanted to know like what could, what foods I should stay away from and what I can eat. I wanted to know like what's my health, like my weight is a fact. I wanted to know if it could ever go away. I started like heels of people who had it and they're like, okay, I had it here, but I haven't, like, it's like, this is the things that I did to make sure that, you know, my life was freely without having them. But it's different for everybody. It's, yeah. it's not like, like my epilepsy is different than somebody else's, which is really, it's not weird, but it's like, how can you like try to cure something if everybody's symptoms is different? Everybody's triggers is different. So there's no cure. No cure. And it sounds like there's levels to this. There is. A lot of question marks still. Even with everything you know, there's still a lot of question marks in mm-hmm. this. It's, it's called a disease? Yeah, it's called a disease. A chronic disease. It's called a chronic disease. Yeah. Wow. And all these holes and question marks. Is that frustrating? It's very frustrating. But it's it's weird because I'm literally the only one in my family who has it, and even it's, though it's, it's even as partially hereditary for you, you're the only one mm-hmm. in your immediate family that that caught it. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm I'm thinking about this timeline now. Do you? I feel like it was about I don't know six five six years ago where I reached out to you and said, "What's wrong with you?" Because you like we're so negative you were so upset all the time do you yeah. remember that I do I do vaguely and, but I do but then but now you know that's not who you are anymore so <laughs> I'm wondering like was diagnosis uh, some a bit of a turnaround for you as far as you know your negative moods and whatnot yes I would I would say completely I didn't know what was wrong with me i that time it's like a blur like I feel like my epilepsy kind of like washed that away because you know with epilepsy you do get memory loss so I could I suffer from more so long-term memory than short-term memory but it kind of officiates depending on the type of seizure but during that time I was going through I was just finding out that I had epilepsy I was losing friends because they thought like I had HIV or something <laughs> like yeah. they thought like you could catch it and I was like just going through like a really bad time in my life like dealing with family stuff and just trying to figure figure life out like having epilepsy what does that what does that mean for my life now and I was losing support and family and friends like left and right but I was just in a really really fucking place like I I literally did not want, want to be here anymore yeah. Yeah, and and that's that's in contrast with. Well, I remember you in high school. You were the loudest, you know. <laughs> you you know back before anybody knew what twerking was, he was already on it, on 
on top of the benches in the locker room. I remember all of these moments. And uh okay. the hot mess. The hot mess. And then it turned into like this. And now you're mm-hmm. no, it's true. Yeah. Let me give everybody the Twitter so they can <laughs> so... never tell people to follow me on Twitter because I'm a, I'm ratchet or <laughs> Yes, you are. Yes, but you like are. Twitter is such a fun, like a fun place where you can just say what you want to say and no one's really going to judge you because everybody just goes on Twitter just to, just to talk. But like I cannot say half the things I say on Twitter or on Facebook. I'll be locked on Facebook for life. Okay. I see that. I don't have Facebook, so I don't I don't, I don't see I don't get to see Kanitra or Nitra no more. So I just I just see Nini. Well, you see Kenitra and Nitra when I like post, like you see Nitra for sure on my business Instagram for like my blog with like the reading and the books and all that. And then I try to put Nitra on my personal Instagram page, but you know, Nini shows out a lot, but Nitra is on there. You don't never see Kenitra on there. You yeah. see Kenitra on my business, but you don't never see her really on my personal Instagram. You talked earlier about having anxiety and depression, right? And then you mm-hmm. get you get this diagnosis, and it's teaching you how to deal or uh, kind of mitigate, cope with some of your triggers as far as your anxiety and your depression. So mm-hmm. it's a bunch of win wins in there. Yeah. So you learn. Have you been better as far as your mood since learning to uh, deal with some of your depression and anxiety triggers? Yes and no. Okay. I still allow myself to stress because I am human at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But I I give myself like 30 minutes to stress over the situation. Mm-hmm. Because if I stay in that 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 mood of of stress, I'm going to end up to be depressed and then once I get depressed, it's hard to come out of depression and it is hard to come out of stress. So I'll tie myself and I'll say for 30 minutes, you are allowed to feel how you feel. But when the timer goes off, you can stress about the situation. Like you're going to have to pray. After you stress, you're going to have to pray and give it to God that he is going to take care of it. But you can no longer worry about that situation. And that has helped me tremendously. That's important. You know, I'm someone who, who struggles with depression as well. And when you talk to people who are struggling with depression, and they haven't learned how to do that kind of self-talk. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, you just kind of remember, it always makes you remember when you weren't able to do the mm-hmm. self-talk and you just couldn't come out of it. So you just know that whoever they're talking to about their sadness does not understand yeah. and is not sympathetic or empathetic to what they're saying. And it's like, if you've never dealt with the deepest levels of depression, you just can't. You can't relate. Mm-hmm. So I know exactly and, what you're saying. But go ahead. In therapy, I learned that in therapy, like during the pandemic when we were literally sitting in our houses and we I you know me, I'm a social butterfly. I gotta be out hanging out with my friends. Like I can't just be stuck in the house unless I want to be stuck in the house. Mm-hmm. So du- so during like the first year of the pandemic, I contemplated like suicide, like almost six months out of that whole ordeal I literally was on Twitter and I was saying things like I was tweeting things like I was tweeting like I no longer want to be here I think those tweets are still up on my Twitter and and I was just like in one of my moves like I was just so down like I was past the point of depression like I was just like 
I don't want to be here anymore. Like, how many how many of these pills can I take until I'm just not here anymore? You know? And I was working like food, like even in the hospital. So I was in the trenches during COVID. And one of my friends reached out to me and she's like, you need to, like she in the nicest way you could tell somebody, she's like, let me call you. And then she's like, I know that in our culture, in the black culture, therapy is not recommended. You know, in a black family, you're known to like keep all your keep all your feelings and stuff in and figure it out. Like we don't do therapy. But she's like, I think it will really benefit you. And I literally was like, looked for a therapist and found one. And I think that therapist was so tired of me that she recommended me to somebody else. Yeah. Because I poured every, I don't, I don't know how therapy works. I felt like I talk, you listen. But I, you know me, I talk. So I didn't let her get a word in. And I like let out everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm probably not the therapist for you. And she recommended me to a black therapist to understand or get, and I'm not even going to figure out to not help you. And she pointed me into a figure out, you need to figure out these things because you have to, like you stations with yourself. So give yourself that, that 30 minutes to, to feel how you feel and then put your big girl pants on and, and, and move on. Yeah. See, part of what I do in this podcast is bring awareness to therapy and mental health and healing and like that. So I want to make it a point to, to stop and, and acknowledge that first therapist and how dope she was to say, I'm not the one for you to, mm-hmm. have, that, to have that level of self-awareness to be like, I'm not culturally competent enough to understand everything you're saying. Yeah. Why don't you go over here? So that was super dope. And then for the second therapist to be able to, to, to tell you what she needed to tell you in order to get you in a better space. So, uh, it both women? Yeah, they're both women. Nope. And my therapist is probably like five years older than me. I, I didn't want an old woman therapist. Mm-hmm. I didn't want an old black lady because I'm like, that's why I'm talking to one of the old ladies at church. And I didn't want a super young therapist either. I wanted someone that was like in the middle. And I found that in my therapist. Yeah, that's dope. I, I, like, I like hearing those journeys you know, because for me, it was like, uh, I tell people all the time, you know, I was like, I just, it's got to be a black woman, because them are the only people I can talk to. And, <laughs> and I tried that, that didn't work. Then I went to a white woman, that didn't work. I went to a black man. And so that didn't work. Me and him could not, you know, and then I was forced into a situation where I ended up with a a, a gay white man mm. as my therapist. And he's been my therapist for three or four years. It's the dopest thing that ever that happened to me. So some people you, you have an idea in your head some people find it like you said you had an idea and you found it and you were straight and some people think they have an idea what's who was going to work for them and it, it don't always turn out the way it's going to be but i just want to mm-hmm. uh, acknowledge that before we get back to you um so with everything going on you know you uh eventually you started this blog which i love you yeah. know I'm, I'm a reader um, my only problem is i can't read that many books so i don't always <laughs> I don't always know what you're talking about, but sometimes I can read the blog and be tuned in. So what, <laughs> what was the cause for you starting that blog? And, and like, tell me what it means to you. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I said, if I couldn't be a doctor, I always wanted to be, I always wanted to work for the New York times. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I always like reading, but my friends were like, reading is so stupid. It's so boring. Having a conversation with two of my best friends who I'm always with, and then my sister. And I was like, I think I really want to start a blog, just me reading books, trying to get women to read again, because mm -hmm. I feel like we, we tear away from that. And they were like, you should do it. Like, you should totally do it. Like, go ahead and do it. They were so super supportive. And then I had like, other people like, that's stupid as shit stuff I've ever heard like why <laughs> would you want to like why would you want to do that like I'm like well I'm not a mom so I can't blog about mom things and I was like well it won't always be about books yeah so I was like I'm not a mom can't blog about mom things and I was like the things that I love most is traveling self-love self-care and reading so I was like at first I'm not going to do all of that at one time with my blog for the first year it's all going to be about books and my blog was doing very well in the blog world, like on the actual site where my blog is, I was getting noticed by a lot of people. People were like reaching out to me, telling me how much they like my blog, my book recommendations. Um, they wanted me to re read and review their blogs, but like locally, <laughs> I wasn't getting no love, none at all, none. It be your and own it, people. It be, it be your own people. Mm -hmm. So, first year of having my blog um was like the most stressful thing ever I wanted to quit so many times but I was like no this makes me happy I'm going to do this for me even if no one reads it mm. um so I was like so then I started eventually putting in like more personal blogs about my like myself and like my journey and where I'm going through in life like relationships um traveling so I started to like slowly like throw those in there so it started to pick up more but the main thing is people are coming to see what Nietzsche is reading so then my second year my one year anniversary I got nominated for blogger of the year at that time my Instagram only had 200 and some followers and half <laughs> and half of my followers on my Instagram blog was like friends from like my personal Instagram, mm -hmm. they just came over to like follow. So I look like I have a large following. And the three ladies that I was up against, their Instagram following was humongous. Like they were in like the, like the thousands and I only had 236. So I was like, it's an honor to be nominated. I don't know how they found me. Thanks for finding me, but it's no way in hell I'm gonna beat these other three girls. So I got on Instagram made my little post like everybody vote for me you can vote for me as many times as you want to I didn't think I was gonna win but it was nice to be known in the blogger world which I didn't even know like the book blogging world is a whole nother community in itself and mm. I'm so happy that I found this community like I found some like it took me to like this year to find some girls that I could actually like connect with in the blogger world because it's just like any other world it's a popularity contest I can't like I can't even put into words how much my blog has literally saved my life and changed my life in the same instance. Like blogging saved me. I like to read and write. I I like to write because it's part of epilepsy. Like you forget things. And I everyone who I know who has epilepsy has multiple journals and they write because you never know when you're going to forget something. And with us having seizures we have short-term memory like we could right. be talking to you and we could forget what we said to you like yesterday 
So I write everything down and I always wanted to write my own book. Like I have a sign in my room that says I am going to be a New York Times bestseller, but of course I have to write a book. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, reading and writing is my passion. If I could just do that forever and just read and write and get paid to read and review books and write about them, I would be the happiest girl in the world. Let me tell you, that was what you just said was very inspirational for me because I haven't even been doing this podcast a year. And I just thought, man, only people going to listen is the you know, people that know me, all these people that I've helped, you know what I mean? And blah, blah, blah. None of that happened. I ain't going to say none yeah. of it because there are some people that, that are in like you who are just down with you and going to support you regardless. And, uh-huh. you know, but uh, you'd be surprised if some strangers be coming through for you. Yeah. And, 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 I had to learn the hard way, like, just because they're your friends and your family doesn't mean that they support you. Um, your biggest supporters are going to be people that you do not know. And right. that is so true. Like, yes, I have, like, my, my friends who support me, but they don't read like I read. But, right. I, like, my biggest supporters are people who I've never met a single day in my life. I got, like, 2,000 people that follow me on TikTok. Mm. <laughs> and at first, it just started off as makeup. Now it's starting off like I'm starting to do my books and stuff on there too. So I've my followers have gained. As what is well. your TikTok? Um, it's unapologetic 2.0. Okay, just like everything else. Yep, just like okay. everything else except for my blog. Um, my blog page right now it's me Nitriana, but um, once the website is done, it would change to that so Nitra. Okay. Um, it'll be that so Nitra as well. Yeah, no matter what. Man. I was like, let me do the videos first. I mean, let me get that out there and then I'll go into the podcasting world. I don't want to do too, too, too much. Um, and I'm also coming out with a self-care three-month journal, right. too. Um, so, yeah, like, I'm, do, I'm trying to do everything. I'm trying to, get my, trying to get my hands in everything because I'm just so anxious. And then I had a dream that I came out with a child, a children's book on epilepsy for black girls now come on now because that's my next question is going to ask you about the culture because <laughs> you talked earlier about the culture that goes into therapy and you know how folks black folks ain't dealing with it or not aware of it how does culture mm-hmm. tie into epilepsy for the point where you say you need a book a children's book epilepsy for black girls we don't see we, we like so when you Google epilepsy and you like, or you even use the hashtag epilepsy on Instagram, you see not, you see like a sprinkle of people of color. Mm-hmm. And it's always, and when I read those posts and statuses, they wish that they had a community of people that look like them who's going through the same thing as them. Right. And it, I feel like it's different with, white people having epilepsy and having their culture and black people having epilepsy and having their culture because a lot of things like anxiety and depression are basically hand in hand with with epilepsy because it's like all about your mindset and how you think Mm -hmm. so you can't of course you can go to someone who's white and talk about epilepsy but they don't understand like the, the family dynamic like how black families don't think depression and anxiety is a real thing like they just think that like you're just you're just you just you just you know you just right. need some attention like you ain't nothing wrong with you you just need a little bit of attention and it's like no like there's something seriously wrong with me so I want to try my best to help women or anybody of 
of color, um, not just black, anybody of color, to know that it's okay to have, like you have epilepsy, but epilepsy doesn't have you. And there is a community out there that, that knows what you're going through and that and it's there for you. And there's material out there for a little girl who's black and she sees books about epilepsy and they're all little white girls. And she's just like, okay, well, why did why I don't see anybody of color with epilepsy? I want to help spread the awareness to, to our people to let them know like, we have it, it's out there, you know, we're gonna have it forever, but you know, here's the information that you need to um, understand it a little bit more. And then here's a community that you can come to um, who has it, if you have any questions, so. Very proud of you, that's dope. Um, tell us, why are we wearing these shirts? So, I, um, condition or whatever I wanted people to know so last year I thought about doing shirts so last year I came out with um a shirt that said peace it had like a peace sign a love and then the epilepsy ribbon and they did the, they did the thing so people will wear them on March 26th which is national epilepsy day which is wear purple so wear purple is the day where you wear purple for someone who has epilepsy and then November is epilepsy seizure awareness month so I wanted to create a shirt that they could wear not only on March 26th and in November, but every day. And just to show, like, to help let me know that I'm not alone in this battle. Like, and a lot of people don't know what epilepsy is. They don't know about it. So it's just helping spread the word of epilepsy. So this year I created another shirt that says friends, using the friend logo. And it says friends don't let friends fight epilepsy alone. Um, just to, to help me remember that like, yes, this is my burden, this is my battle, but I'm not alone in this battle. Like there's people who love and support me that want to help me get the word out just as much as I want to. And it's like advertisement for me. So if anybody has like questions about epilepsy or if they know someone who has it and they've been trying to find a, a community or a person to to talk to about it they could be like hey my friend has epilepsy she's more than willing to talk to you or that person about it and just start a small community there so every year i plan to have a shirt out for epilepsy so and say one so, more time for people to miss it what day are we, what day is the day march 26th it's national yeah epilepsy wear purple day okay that's beautiful, and I'm I'm proud to to support you, and I will be wearing this shirt every year. Uh, not you. this particular, whatever one you come up with, <laughs> you know. But I'm surprised um, that people bought another shirt because they some people who have the shirt from last year bought one this year, and they was like, no, every year you you put out a shirt, um, right. I'm gonna buy it, and then the proceeds go to like, uh, I'm gonna create like an epilepsy fund, um, because there's some prescription medicines that. Our insurance doesn't cover, so it, it will. So it will help for those who need, like, who want that that drug, who can't afford it. It can go to that. Like, I know that it doesn't cover the one that I need, so I use it for that. Um, so I basically want to create a fund so that if they want to get that that drug that works for them, and their insurance doesn't cover it, that they can come in, submit a, a request, and we will pay for that drug. Wow, you're making moves. You're like an advocate. No, not like you are. You are an advocate. Yeah. Just not running your mouth. No, 
Okay, I'm cause... actually, you know, I'm about that life. I'm about what yeah. I say this, yeah. this time around. <laughs> One thing, I'm lo- well, it's like a two-part question. It's the last question I got for you. Somebody's out there walking in your shoes, you know, um, and from, from, from your perspective, young black now woman, but at one point you were a young black girl, now you're a young black woman. Two things I want you to talk about. What do you say to those dealing with anxiety and depression? And then what do you say to those finding out or having seizures, possibly have epilepsy to those that might actually find out that they actually have epilepsy? And we're talking about African-American, right? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the only perspective uh, you can talk okay. from unless you, unless you got okay. something else going on I don't know about. No, I don't. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I would say for the anxiety and depression that I would tell them to seek therapy. I can't stress it enough. I honestly wish that I thought about therapy as a child um, because there is this underground thing. Like when you go to therapy, they unleash things that you didn't even think that was a problem for you that's triggering you in your adulthood. Like traumas and past things that happened to you as a child is still affecting you as a grown-up so I would say therapy because even like your anxiety depression can be treated with therapy because then you have that person that you can go to that can give you that right prescription if there is a prescription that you need to take I honestly highly recommend therapy more than anything I talking to your friends and your family is cool but talking to a professional, that's what they're that's what they're there for, that's what they do. And you have to find the one that works for you. So it's okay if you go through about four or five, six therapists to find the right one for you. It is okay. You're not gonna always find the perfect therapist right at, in the beginning. If you do, kudos to you. I I'm hating, but <laughs> but right. you have to find who works for you. And then for second, for for epilepsy hashtags um i we live in a world where you can find everything in a hashtag there's a hashtag like epilepsy and just scroll through and just see the pictures and the stories of the, of the people mm. and find find the ones that look like you and reach out because one thing about the epilepsy community is they are so super supportive i um put on twitter that i had to start my clock back from being seizure free because of my epilepsy and literally I had 127 messages on Twitter from people who have epilepsy who understands what I'm going through because no one wants their clock to start back so like with seizures once you have one you go back to zero so there's people who are like 265 days seizure free and then there's people who are like me like four days seizure free so like any like any seizure you have you start you start to clock back and they're and they're supportive and there's there's people of color there's white people but the epilepsy community is so empathetic and super nice and you can literally talk to them about any everything and they'll they'll answer it for you like they're like the nicest community i've ever been a part of in my entire life like and all it took was hashtags like i just hashtag epilepsy epilepsy awareness epilepsy women with epilepsy black women with epilepsy like and i found my tribe of women or and people just by the hashtag because they're looking for you just like you're looking for them i'm gonna leave that where it is that's, that's, that's beautiful um thank Mic you drop. <laughs> yeah 
thank you, Nee, for coming on and uh, sharing all this with me. There's a lot of stuff that I didn't know. And uh, I'm definitely grateful. And uh, I love you. Love you too. Thanks for having me. Well, there you have epilepsy is real and people around you who could be dealing with it like I said suffer in silence and I want to appreciate and acknowledge Kenitra for speaking her truth and talking about her story and bringing light and awareness to something that many of us don't know anything about um, like I said I do know other people who may not either 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 have dealt with this personally or have children that I've dealt with this and I do know that it is can be very very taxing very stressful um not only on that person but on the people that they love or that love them so I was really excited to do this episode and hopefully spread a little bit more of the word about epilepsy and awareness and hopefully you all support March 26th uh which is, you know, a couple days after this episode will be released, uh, you will have an opportunity to, to wear some purple and, and support. Um, yeah, I think I'll leave it at that. Friends, do not let friends fight epilepsy alone. Thank you all again for listening. As always, I appreciate it greatly, and I will see you all next time.